James chapter 2 this morning. Chapter 2, we'll be looking at verse 14 down through verses 26. We're going to be talking about working faith this morning. And uh, working faith. And faith is really a key doctrine in the Bible uh, and a key aspect of the Christian life. Um, The sinner is saved by faith. The Word of God tells us in Ephesians 2, For by grace are you saved through faith. Uh, The believer, we're taught that we must walk by faith. Uh, In 2 Corinthians, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Um, And then, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. We cannot please God without faith. Um, And then, whatsoever we do apart from faith, in Romans, tells us is sin. If we're not doing it in faith. And so there's some key things uh, that I want to look at this morning or some different thoughts, I guess. James refers to uh, what we'll talk about as maybe three kinds of faith. Uh, a dead faith, a demonic faith, and then a, a dynamic faith. I was going to say a lively faith, but then all the D's wouldn't line up. And so, you know, for the sake of, of keeping it that way. I, so, but anyway, really, it's, a, it's really a lively or a living faith or... Uh, what the title is, A Working Faith. And so we'll look at a few things this morning uh, and see what the Lord has for us. And hopefully in the conclusion here, uh, we'll draw it together and make a little bit of an application. Um, Because we don't need to worry about working. Uh, When we talk about good works, those are actually a byproduct of just our obedience and walk with God. And it will come naturally. And so we don't... Uh, we're not conforming to a certain manner of life based on our outward works to validate our salvation. It's actually the exact opposite. Those things are a product of our salvation and our walk with God. Uh, but anyway, before we uh, get too far into this, let's look at uh, verse 14 down through the end of the chapter here in James chapter 2. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works." Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him, For righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers, excuse me, and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for... Uh, the opportunity to gather together here around your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would 
help us to set aside the distractions of the day uh, and the different things that we have going on in our lives, Lord, and that we would be truly focused on your word and what you have for us this morning. And we pray that you would teach us. And Lord, that you would lead us to all truth through the Holy Spirit. Do a work that only you can do. Help us to be receptive to the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I mentioned, faith is, uh, I mean, you don't have Christianity without faith. Um, it just doesn't exist, right? We cannot please our God without it. And so <clears throat> we talk about a working faith. Uh, a lot of folks say that they have faith. Uh, James, in, in verse 14, it says, What doth it profit my brethren? Look what it says there. Though a man say he hath faith. So we can uh, say a lot of things. Uh, but it's hard to validate that without evidence that's visible uh, to prove those things. Um, so there's a dead faith. Dead faith is characterized by empty confessions. As we see in verse 14 there, so, so a man, he says he has faith. Uh, people with dead faith believe that the basic truths of the gospel, uh, they might even acknowledge the existence of God, believe in the scriptures as the word of God. Uh, they might even uh, believe in the atoning death and resurrection of Christ. Uh, listen, this morning, their theology might be orthodox. They might have, understand all that. It might be right. It might be good and biblically sound, all the things that they say. Uh, but you could still have a dead faith. Um, in the military, uh, <clears throat> well, let me back it up. You can have a dead faith. Look at verse 17. Uh, Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Verse 20, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. And then in verse 26, again, for uh, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So we can say all the right things. We can have all the right Bible doctrines down and, and, and really be orthodox in all of those things, but still be dead. And in the military, we have uh, what's called self-aid buddy care. Uh, they're actually changing the name of that. In, uh, in the Army, they call it Combat Lifesaver. I've went through the Army Combat Lifesaver course multiple times. And <laughs> so you learn how to give people IVs and all different kinds of stuff. And uh, it's pretty intense compared to some of the Air Force side of what we do. But one of the things when you, uh, that you're trained on is when you come upon a casualty, uh, there might be a body laying there, and you have to f- see if there's any signs of life. So what do you do? You know, you can check for a pulse and, you know, the radial, the femoral. There's all these different areas you can check for a pulse, right? You might check for some breathing to see if there's any breath. Uh, And then another one is you inflict pain to see if there's a response from the body uh, to see if there's any evidence of life. And our faith can be similar to that. Uh, we can say that we have this working, living, lively, or dynamic faith. But if other people don't witness anything that would demonstrate evidence of that, then it's just talk. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, James, uh, in the Word of God here, God tells us that's dead. Um, and, and really, I, I kind of took this out of my notes, but it's worth mentioning, uh, that if you have no evidence of faith in your life, no fruits of the Spirit, uh, nothing is taking place there, 
then it's a, where you ought to examine yourself to see whether you're truly in the faith. Uh, maybe you didn't really experience salvation, biblical salvation. Um, and, and so listen this morning. Uh, do you have any signs of life in your faith? Or is it like coming up to uh, when we would train, so sometimes they would put moulage on folks and there would be a live person there, right? And they got these wounds on them. I'll never forget, I was down in Florida one time at Silver Flag and um, <clears throat> they didn't have all the fancy moulage there and so there was this inject card, they call it. It was this three by five card that says, these are the problems with this person. It's really hard to simulate that, right? You know, they got a sucking chest wound. Well, okay, where is it at? What part? And they were trying, they're wanting me to demonstrate all these things. I'm like, well, where is the wound? Well, it's on his chest. I said, okay. This, uh, anyway, I, I was kind of being a little cantankerous in, in how I was handling it anyway. But uh, <clears throat> I just distracted myself. Sorry, where am I at here? So, but you come up on this casualty, and it's laying there. And uh, it's a human, and um, there's life, but the card tells you it's dead. It doesn't match up. But then there were other times where you come up, and they would use a mannequin. And there's this mannequin there, and the mannequin is dead. There's no life in it. But on this inject card, it's telling you that the person is alive. They just have a broken bone. Right, So you need to splint this arm or whatever the case may be. But it was really hard to go through those processes to find evidence of life because you still have to go through all that. you got to check for the pulse. you got to check for breathing. But it's a mannequin. It's dead. It's, it's not doing anything. There's no evidence that this thing is alive. Well, why am I wasting my time on this casualty? I should be going to help the guy that, that needs it. Uh, listen this morning. Does your life demonstrate anything that would indicate your faith in Christ? Uh, when people come in contact with you. Uh, they ought to know a difference in, in, in the way that you talk, in the way that you uh, dress, perhaps, the places that you go. All these things can be indicators of your faith. Uh, one of the indicators of your faith this morning might be that you're in Sunday school. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're in Christ. Uh, but it can be an indicator. Um, <clears throat> so true saving faith will inevitably produce good works according to the book of James here. Um, Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So he that doeth the will of my Father. Right? Those people that are doing those things. Right? And we understand it's in Christ and in salvation. Uh, <clears throat> Ephesians 2, 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And so we're created unto these things. Uh, which God hath before ordained. So it's ordained that we should walk in these things. Uh, I like Titus 1.16. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient and every good work reprobate. So there's a lot of people that profess something. But when you begin to examine their life for evidence of faith, it's lacking. There's no signs of life. Um, <clears throat> that ought not be so. Uh, there's a false compassion in a dead faith. Look at verses 15 through 17. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food and of, 
Uh, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So a lack of compassion could be a mark of not being in the faith. Uh, again, it's, hey, depart, be warmed and filled. You'll be okay. Everything's good. That didn't profit that individual at all. There's no compassion there to, to meet the need. Uh, <clears throat> true faith will drive us to action. Verse 27. Oops, excuse me, that's chapter 1, sorry. Uh, I confused myself for a second. We, we kind of touched on this a little bit the other, or last week I believe it was. It says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. If you have true faith, it will drive you to action. It, it will drive you to working uh, in the faith. Uh, pure religion and undefiled before God is you're going to get busy visiting those folks that are in need. The fatherless and the widows and, and those that need support. It, it, you're, not, uh, you're not without compassion like some that just, oh yeah, everything will be okay. Uh, God's good. He'll, he'll take care of you. Um, but I'm afraid we do that a lot. Uh, we substitute our willingness to get involved in helping somebody by saying God's good and he can provide and he'll take care of this situation. But perhaps if we had a working faith, God would be using us to meet that need of an individual. Uh, but as we kind of wrap this up at the end of this lesson, I think you'll understand we have to be obedient to God's word and really led of the Holy Spirit. And hopefully I'll tie a bow on this at the end of it. But, uh, but true faith will cause us to move into action. Uh, people with a dead faith substitute words. I think we talked about that for those things. The scribes and the Pharisees did this. In Matthew 23, verses 1 through 3, Jesus spake to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. All right? We, we need to be careful. <clears throat> Uh, oftentimes they know the correct vocabulary. They can quote the right verses in the right times. Uh, but their walk does not measure up to that talk. Um, it, it can happen very often. Ezekiel 33, 31 says this, And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but in their heart goeth after their covetousness. So we need to be careful about just lip service. 1 John 2.6 says this, He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. So if you're going to say that you're in Christ, that you're in the faith, you, your walk ought to mirror, mirror the walk of Christ. And how he executed his earthly ministry. Uh, that's what, where we get the term Christian. We're Christ-like. Little Christians, if you will. And so uh, they called them that at Antioch first, right? Because these people were walking in such a way that 
was so similar to what Christ did. They were Christ-like. Do people call you a Christian because you've told them they're a Christian? Or do they know that you're a Christian because of the way that you walk or your works? Uh, Sometimes we can be good at, I'm a Christian. I go to Sunday every week. I'm I'm a Bible believer. I'm an independent Baptist even. Right? I'm, I'm at the top echelon of this thing here. I don't think people under... No. But listen this morning. Oftentimes we'd be doing a lot better if we would just let our actions speak for themselves. Let our actions speak for themselves. Uh, if you claim you're in Christ, you ought to be walking like Christ. Um, and it's pretty simple, right? What does that mean? Get in your Bible. Uh, it will transform you. Uh, it, it's kind of in my notes. I, I never follow my notes. But back in chapter 1, it says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Verse 24, For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein. Right? You've got to get into that thing. And this is Christ, right? He is the Word. And so if we would get into this thing, and it says if we would continue in it and be a doer of the work, we would be blessed in that. And so, listen, get into the Word of God. It's not rocket science. Thank goodness, because I'm an idiot. Um, I have high ASVAB scores, but I think I somehow just guessed right. I don't know how it happened, but... um, it's pretty simple. The Christian life isn't too hard. and uh, We can have shallow convictions. Verse 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without my work, with thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Oftentimes these people with a dead faith only have really an intellectual knowledge or experience. Um, Agrippa, if you remember when Paul had given him the gospel... Uh, he said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Uh, I think he understood intellectually what was there, uh, but he really, obviously, he wasn't in the faith. He didn't receive it. And, and uh, <clears throat> uh, oftentimes people with a dead faith, they know the doctrines of salvation, but they never have submitted themselves to the Lordship of Christ. They've never received Christ, uh, truly. And... Um, <clears throat> And, and we know that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, um, that we can believe on Him, and if we confess Him and with our mouth, uh, that we can have salvation, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, right? We, we're, many of us this morning, I believe, are familiar with the Romans Road and all those things that oftentimes we, we speak of, but um, a dead faith, now we could be backslidden, uh, I think that, but... Um, Many folks that have a, a truly dead faith are probably really not saved. Uh, they've never submitted themselves and, and received Christ. And, and, and understanding their sin, they might even understand that they're a sinner. They might understand that Christ came, uh, He died in their place on the cross and was risen again. Uh, but they've never truly confessed that and believed it and received Christ as their Savior. 
And consequently, they're walking around with this false profession and maybe even a false hope because uh, they're truly not in the faith. But um, there is also a demonic faith. I, we'll, we'll look at this kind of briefly. I looked at some stuff. I don't, sometimes you don't know how much value it adds, so um, uh, it's not really my main point today. But verse 19, Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well, the devil also. The devils also believe and tremble. Uh, so uh, there's a, a certain amount of belief on the, the, the part of the devils, uh, James tells us here. Um, I believe the, the devils or, or demons believe in the deity of Christ. Um, they understand some of these things. Mark 3.11 says, And the unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. So there's an understanding of who Christ is, who God is. Uh, they believe in a place of eternal torment or punishment. Um, Luke 8, 30 through 31 says this, And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion. And this is uh, the man of Gadara. Uh, for those that uh, may not have picked up on that, I could have mentioned it before. But because, and it says, so, and he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him, and they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And this is where, I don't know how much value this is, but I found it. That word into the deep there isn't any in any of the other gospels. Uh, the original Greek that's there actually only shows up in the book of Revelations, if I remember right, in reference to the bottomless pit. And so I believe that these devils here were understanding of eternal punishment. And so... Um, they believe in God. Uh, they understand Christ is the Son of God. They understand eternal punishment, yet they are the enemy of God. Um, so there is a, a demonic faith, and um, they, I think they believe the gospel message. Uh, Acts 16, 17, and, and this is the, the woman that was following Paul around, and it says that the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. They understand these things. Uh, but they're still doing everything in opposition to uh, those things. And so um, <clears throat> demons are emotionally touched, I believe, by what they believe. Uh, in James, in verse 19, the latter part of that verse, it says they believe and tremble. They're in fear because of, I think they truly understand who God is. And the power that he has. And, and uh, so <clears throat> they dread their eternal destiny, I believe. Uh, in, in Luke chapter 8 was they are of fear of the deep. Um, there's a, and then lastly this morning, a dynamic faith. And we'll, we'll look at a few things here and hopefully make an application that would be a benefit to us this morning. But dynamic saving faith is based on God's word. Verse 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. So Abraham's faith drove him to action. And as we witness that, based on the account of God's word and, and the 
excuse me, and the people of his day, they could witness those things taking place. They could say that faith is perfect. That faith is complete. And and look at this in verse, I, I think this just makes it so easy, at least for me. In verse 24, look how it opens up. Ye see then. This is how you see it. Uh, it's pretty simple in my mind, right? Sometimes we overcomplicate this and people sometimes use these verses to say that you have to have works, which couldn't be further from the truth. Ephesians makes that abundantly clear. Uh, but ye see then. So based on the example that he gave in Abraham, how Abraham's faith drove him to action to offer his son, right? Ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith alone. So you can see it, you can visualize it because you saw how his faith drove him to action. Uh, Ye see then. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And so we understand Rahab in faith was on God's side of the situation. And, and so her belief in the God of the Israelites drove her to certain action. Um, so we can see someone's faith based on their works. And so uh, faith is based on the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10 tells us. Uh, it includes a welcoming uh, of the word of God. First Thessalonians 2.13, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Uh, so you welcome that. Uh, you receive it, <clears throat> that hear it. So James, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So, uh, you receive it, you heed it. In Luke 8, 18, it says, Take heed therefore how ye hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be ta- even, taken even that which he seemeth to have. And Luke eleven eighteen says that we keep it. But he saith, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. So dynamic faith leads to bearing fruit by the word of God that you hear. James in back in, or excuse me, Luke back to in chapter 8 says this in verse 15, but that on the good ground are they which in honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Uh, so it's by the word of God. And, and so it involves the whole person. So I, I made a little uh, analogy here. So we might say that dead faith involves the mind. Kind of those things, they understand, they have an intellectual knowledge of it. This, the demonic faith, right, it, they understand it, it involves the mind and then their emotions, they're in fear and they tremble. Um, but a dynamic or a working faith involves the mind, heart, and the will. So Mark twelve thirty says this, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The mind understands the Word of God. Um, Ephesians 1, 17 through 18 says this, that the, 
God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory and the inheritance of in his saints. And so it's really the word of God that enlightens us and helps us. Um, <clears throat> if you're in the faith, I believe you'll have a desire for the word of God. Um, Jeremiah tells us that as he, he uh, ate uh, the words. The word of God tells us in Jeremiah 15, 16, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by, the name, by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Uh, we will have a desire. Uh, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. And in their heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach, Romans 10.8. So if you're truly in Christ, you will have a desire for God's word. Um, <clears throat> and this desire for God's word is a critical part of having a working faith. Uh, because we learn how to demonstrate our faith through the word of God. Um, we see examples of saints that have gone before us. Uh, we have exhortations uh, of passages of Scripture that, that teach us how we ought to live and conduct ourselves. Um, <clears throat> Luke eleven twenty eight 28 says this, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. If a man love me, this is uh, Jesus in John chapter 14, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode with him. A living, working, or dynamic faith leads you to action. Look at verse 22. Seeth thou how faith wrought with works, and by works was faith made perfect? 24. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only, and then for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And so we see that our faith is going to motivate us or call us to action. Where there is a dynamic faith, a true faith, you will always find good works. Always. Um, that doesn't mean any individual is perfect and they will always demonstrate the image of Christ perfectly, 24-7, all the time. But there will always be evidence that there has been a change. Uh, Titus 3.8 says this, This is a faithful, faithful saying, And these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So he says we ought to be careful, we ought to give attention to Maintaining good works. Um, <clears throat> a lack of fruit is an indication of a lack of faith. Um, I, I don't think anybody in here would, would argue that. Uh, but just if you want to argue with me, I'm going to give you some Bible so you can take it up with God. Matthew chapter 7, verses 18 through 20 says this. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. Look what it says here. Whereby 
or excuse me, wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Uh, there will always be an indication of a difference. Uh, if you're truly in Christ and you're a new creature, you will have different desires. That doesn't mean you know how to always execute the Christian life like we ought to. We often fail. We, uh, we make mistakes. Uh, listen, we sin. That's the reality of it. And listen, don't forget, we choose to sin oftentimes. Uh, don't try to sugarcoat it, that it wasn't something you wanted or didn't want or something. But the reality, take ownership of that. That's one of the first things I try to teach my kids. You know, oh, you, they do something wrong, and they know it's wrong, right? You've, you've taught them, you've trained them, do not do X. Well, they do X. Why did you do that? Well, I don't know. I got a paddle that is going to remind you why you did that. But, but listen, and I always tried to teach them they did that because they chose to. And they made a decision to do something that they were instructed not to do. And, and really, if, if we would do that in our kids at a young age, it, it helps them. Uh, and I believe God designed it that way because he knows. But uh, we have to teach those young kids that because, uh, listen, the world's not going to teach them that. But that was one of the instrumental things that helped us uh, see our children saved, is helping them understand that they are a sinner and, and that they did offend God. Because uh, sometimes as, when you grow up in a Christian home and you didn't live a life out in the world and, and weren't involved in things that oftentimes we consider are real wicked, but if the smallest thing, and we didn't really touch on it a lot last week, but if you offend in one point, you're guilty of all. James tells us. And so, listen, just because you haven't murdered anyone, uh, but if you've told a lie, you're guilty. Uh, and I, I dare say there's not a single person in this room that's never lied. Um, uh, that's, that's baby sin, and I, you could say, right? That's basic. Some adults need to get that right. I was listening. Anyway. But in conclusion this morning, working faith. So hopefully, I, I kind of feel like I was a little distracted in my mind here. I had a busy morning. But the goal here is not to set out to do good works in our own power to somehow validate our salvation. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. We're not trying to conform to a certain lifestyle and do certain things to definitely not earn salvation. It's not by works. We know that. Ephesians clearly tells us it's not by works. Titus tells us it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, right? So uh, we're, we're not setting out to try to do some good works, and, and we're not also setting out to try to do these things to validate those things, to try to prove to others. That should not be our intent. Um, our good works are a result of our faith in Christ and obedience to the word of God. It's as we have received Christ, we've understood that He has died in our place. We're sinners. We needed a Savior. He rose again. He has victory over sin and death. And we trust in the, the finished work of Christ. And we are in the faith. And then we begin being doers of the word. That's where the difference comes. So just as we receive salvation through faith, we by faith obey the word. Right, And we, we can go back to chapter 1 if we need to. 
But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue in there, not being forgetful, but a doer of this thing. So by faith, we are obedient to God's word. Like the faith that we had to get saved, we're just going to trust God that what he says in his word is how we ought to conduct ourselves. And we begin doing those things. He changes us and our works become the outward demonstration of that change. That's what we're talking about today. We're not talking about drumming up something in our own power. Listen, our, our stripe of churches over years gone by is very good at trying to get people to conform to an outside image of what an independent Baptist is. I, I urge you today, don't do that. Just get in God's word. And, and he will take care of it. Look, at, let's... I got a few minutes. We'll, we'll finish up. Hopefully I can wrap this up. Listen, he changes us. You can't get in God's word and not be changed. Uh, it, it will change you because you're either going to get in it and you're going to change or you're going to get away from it because it's convicting. So, and I, I trust you, don't, don't give up on it. Just, just get in it and uh, uh, be faithful to, to continue in the word like he says there in chapter 1. <clears throat> listen, those good works and the fruit that we bear are signs and evidence of life in Christ. Just like when we're looking at a casualty and you look for those signs of life, is there a pulse? Are they breathing in those things? When people look at us, are they seeing some things that would indicate that we're in Christ? Don't concern yourself with trying to do good works. Just be obedient to the word and the leading of the Holy Spirit and it will happen. Turn with me to John chapter 16. We'll, we'll try to close it up here. Uh, John 16, verses 12 through 14, the Word of God says this, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot hear them now. Listen, oftentimes, uh, if we're not careful, we got a lot of things we want to say to the new Christian. Uh, listen, let God do that. Let the Holy Spirit do that, right? We don't, we don't need to tell them, hey, now that you have a member of our church, here's a list of things that I think you ought to do. That's... That's none of our business. Uh, they need to go to God and, and uh, talk to our pastor about certain things like that. It has, it's not for the church member to levy our expectations on another one. But look, and so uh, Jesus is telling them this. He said, I say unto you, but you cannot hear it now, right? Sometimes people aren't at a stage in life and they're not ready for certain things. We are not the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't be putting those things on them. Here's some good works you need to have. No, forget it. But look at how be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he, look at, I love this. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear that he shall speak and he will show you things to come. Look at this. He shall glorify me, speaking of Christ, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, get into the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to be your guide. And you don't have to worry about it. You, listen, you don't have to compare yourself to the person in the pew next to you. You don't have to compare yourself to anything. Just be honest with yourself and be honest with God and be yielding to the Holy Spirit. And everything will fall in line. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this.
lesson and Lord, how you've uh, worked in my heart through it. And I just pray, Lord, that you'd help us to have a working faith. Lord, not because we're trying to prove something in and of ourselves, but because as we get into the word and as we learn of you, Lord, you conform us to be more like Christ. And consequently, our life is a demonstration of our Savior's life. And I pray, Lord, that you would just use us in a mighty way to reach those people around us for Christ. Bless now as we head into the morning service. We pray, Lord, for your blessing. You give free course and liberty to the Word of God as it's preached this morning. And we ask that you would draw each one nearer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.